Welcome to the TikTok podcast sponsored by Tourette Ottawa. Listen in as your hosts Jimmy and Brandon discuss everything Tourette syndrome. You can show your support for the show by sharing it and most importantly, spreading awareness about Tourette syndrome. Before I jump into introducing today's guest, I want to remind you that the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And the best way to do that and simultaneously support this podcast is to share it. Spread the word, generate awareness. You can send us an email at tiktokquestions at gmail.com. That's T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us to discuss on the show. And remember, the TikTok podcast is available on YouTube in video format. So tune in at TikTok podcast on YouTube. On this episode, the guys recount the past 10 episodes, discuss Tourette syndrome and comedy, and hash out some lessons learned. We hope you enjoy. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm good. Jimmy, how are you today? It's episode 10, man. It's episode 10. Yeah. So we've, we've basically rambled 10 hours so far. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of time, really. Um, <clears throat> it is. 10 episodes. I, I, I read that the... Uh, that most podcasts, new podcasts, only last um, six episodes, and then and then they're done. So mm. I think we've made it. We made it past the stretch. Yeah, I think so too. It's uh, I think we're we're picking up steam and and we're hammering home a lot of important points. I think so too. So yeah. today on the on the podcast, I would like to talk about some of the lessons learned thus far in the. Uh, throughout the podcast so we'll okay. dive into that but before we do that i have a little story if you don't mind me sharing or a little, oh, yeah, uh, a little blurb please <clears throat> this is aimed at people with Tourette syndrome you tick you have bounding energy you may find it hard to focus some of you may obsess over little things others may obsess over none you're anxious sometimes suppressed. But the only thing that's getting in your way is you. You get one life and you drew one card that is a little off key, but that doesn't mean you need to let it define you. Tourette syndrome can be a life sentence of self-pity and resentment, or it can be a catalyst into productive and happy future. Use your Tourette syndrome to your advantage. Get up every day, own your Tourette's. Do the things that we know help curb your tics, like get physically active. Challenge yourself mentally, push yourself to be better, and do your part in spreading awareness for Tourette syndrome. Well, well written, man. And I think and that's. Uh, I think that's some of the stuff that we've taken away thus far. Like, you know, we, we looked at the commonalities. We looked at, at least for me, the most important. Like when I, when I get physically active. And like, it really, really helps curb my Tourette syndrome. I mean, I'm sure you, you feel similarly, but yeah, I notice it more definitely. when I'm, when I'm not like when I am extremely physically not active, if I have a couple of days where I'm feeling lazy or, or what have you, I mean, I've grown to rely on physical activity. It's like a, it's a physiological dependence for my Tourette's to be yeah uh, you know under control you know not getting enough sleep too definitely um and it's all connected right exercise sleeping eating it's all so, so connected if you um if you start to drop the ball on 
on those one of those things or more than one of those things, then it kind of brings everything else down with it. And then um, I find that's when my ticks start to get way worse. Um, so it's really important just to stick with the, find the routine that works and stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, that's what I think. And uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, so I had, a, I actually have a story which kind of relates to what you just read in terms of owning the Tourette's and um, it happened to me yesterday at work and I am, I started a new job with a new company. So uh, none of my, my colleagues are all just new to me. And yeah. uh, obviously, uh, I mean, everybody goes about it differently, how they want to talk about their Tourette's. I don't mm -hmm. necessarily walk into a job on my first day and announce it to everybody. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, if it ever comes up, then I will talk yeah, about it. I mean, yeah, that would but, be kind of weird if we did that. <laughs> well, I mean, some people do. Like, some people do. I mean, even one of, you know, I've I've had colleagues where they're like, oh, by the way, I've got this thing. And they're just like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, didn't mm -hmm. ask. But I don't know. I mean, some people like to get in, get in front of it. Um, and that's, we talked about that. Like, that could be a strategy for some people. Just, yeah. let's, you know, uh, and even my, even my doctor, uh, my psychologist, he has told me, like, you can sit down in, at the beginning of a meeting at a meeting table and just say, Hey, everybody, just so you know, if I do this, it's, this is why. Mm -hmm. So there's that, there is that way you could do it. I, I don't do difference it. difference between that and then like waltzing into a place and basically just announcing it. Like, yeah, I, I, I am somebody who definitely would do that at the start of a meeting, especially if it's in front of people I've never met. Okay. Fair, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And yeah, I mean, this wasn't a meeting situation, but um <laughs> Uh, it was so basically my chair at work has been, I guess, uh, squeaking, squeaking a lot mm. when I, when I swivel or move a little bit. And I find that when I'm trying to, uh, when I'm focusing on my work or whatever, when I'm, it's not really a tick, but I guess it could be is that I, I'm really jumpy. Like my knees are always going right now. My legs are bouncing. Mm -hmm. And when I have a swivel chair, I swivel. And that's, mm. you know, I'll tap my pen on the desk and swivel, whatever. And I never thought that it would annoy anybody. And I don't think it ever has. But because my, my chair, for some reason, has been squeaking, um, I got on the phone with a client for about 45 minutes. And I was swiveling so much. And apparently, the squeaking was so loud that one of my colleagues down the hall a little bit couldn't even get her work done for my entire call, 45 minutes. So she actually came to me and asked me to stop, like, can you, uh, you can't swivel your chair anymore or get it fixed. It's like, it's too, uh, annoying for me. And at that time I had to say, well, I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I genuinely didn't even really notice the squeaking, but, mm -hmm. or that I was doing the moving, moving. So I had, to, so I told her, I said, listen, like I can get the chair fixed, but I can't stop swiveling. Uh, and I said, because I have Tourette's syndrome. Right. And she, uh, I actually worked with her at a previous law firm like years ago when I first started mm -hmm. so I do know her and she said oh my god like I, she said I had no idea um mm -hmm. and I had no idea back then either and I said yeah well, it's just the way that you know swiveling is my way of yeah preventing you know everybody from having to know necessarily like it's just it's one of yeah. the things that I do that keep it away from my face or or whatever um and it was really it was because when I said it, other people heard because other people were around. No one else really said anything about it, but now it's kind of just having it out there makes it um, 
for me anyways, feel so much more comfortable if, if I am doing yeah. something like, a, you know, tapping my pen or, or clearing yeah. my throat or something, maybe they'll understand more and not totally. just automatically yeah. get annoyed. And did that's they, the um, opening up. Did they know about it? Like, did your employer know about it before you got the job? No, no, no one knows about it. And I mean, now they do, but now they do. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it didn't, if it, if when I was doing my interview, if it came up and like, if there was a reason for it to come up, I would have said, but you know, it was on zoom. I didn't really, um, I was prepared. So I wasn't really anxious. I didn't mm. take too much during my interview. So I didn't really have to explain away anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I felt about it anyways. And, but yesterday was the first time when I was confronted with that situation where I had to explain something away. And instead of just saying, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I won't do that anymore. I just came right out front and said what was going on. And like, realistically, that's not going to stop. So either, you know, I'll try to get my chair fixed, but yeah, don't, uh, that, that is what it is. That's basically mm-hmm. what I said. And it felt yeah, good that, to say that it also makes empowering. people realize 100% man like I, I wonder if that almost alleviates people's tension towards it well I think it it definitely makes it um I, I mean they understand now maybe mm-hmm. like if I if I call if I would if there, if there was a colleague behind me or, or down the hall or something and was like yelling all the time for example and I didn't know why but then I heard that I would be like, okay, that makes sense now. Like, it's it's still it's not any less annoying to them, mm-hmm. but at least they understand why, and um, maybe if you know approach it differently. If they like, we could reach a different, uh, you know, a different way to to talk about it. It's it's not necessarily like the squeaky chair. It could be anything. Like anybody who's listening at their job or at their school like it could be different it could be that you um like i think you mentioned that you would have to get up and we'll go for a walk uh mm-hmm. when you were in school like so you sat near the door yeah right that was because to disrupt the class as little as possible but still allow you to go and do your thing i don't mm-hmm. know if they i don't know if they told your class why you were doing that or mm-hmm. if you did but i, I at the um, time no but like I imagine, and I guess because they're kids, it's different. If it was me, you know, if, if let's say you had to do that at work, um, and if, if people were wondering, like, why is this guy going outside for a walk every 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, I don't think you have to tell them, but maybe if you did, then they would be like, okay, I get it. I'm not going to, otherwise they might get a little bit, yeah, like resentful or like, why does he get a break every 20 minutes? And yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I just think it's, yeah, once it's out there, definitely, definitely clears the air about a lot of things, in my opinion. Well, that was a really good example of a, of a reasonable exchange with a colleague where she told, she asked you something reasonable, like if, you know, and then, and then you mm-hmm. responded and she was very receptive. Extremely receptive, no judgment. There wasn't even any, um, there wasn't even any, like, what is that? Or, uh, you know, that doesn't seem like something you have, like there wasn't, there was no skepticism. There was no, um, like questioning even, it was just, Oh, okay. Like, thanks. That's interesting. And, uh, mm-hmm. now we go on to the next 
topic. Like it was, yeah. it was very easy to do. So mm. I think like the, the fear of, of talking about it maybe is worse than actually talking about it for some people. Mm. And so I'm just, I guess that example is really just to show like, just get out in front of it and say what you got to say. One of the notes that I took down um, was, was when you're living with Tourette's, if it's something that you're stuck on all the time, it holds this, this weight. And it sounds like, like what happened there is you've accepted your Tourette's and it's not even really a factor to you. So once you came up and said that, you're like, oh yeah, like I have Tourette's. And because you're not like sitting there ruminating over your Tourette syndrome all the time. And it's not like, you know, the, the way that it, that kind of what I said at the start is like, it, it can't be your whole life. It's a small fraction. Like there are people born, plenty of people born with, with things that are, that mm. are defects essentially, or, or off of the standard deviation of humans. And I think people with threats, especially because it's one of those things that's in your face a lot, mm. it's very easy to let it control your whole life. And especially what's going yeah. on in your head, you need to say you can definitely be self-conscious, self-conscious about it too, right? Yeah, because you know that everybody's everybody's seeing it, um, no matter how much you try to hide it. Yeah, it's not but like at, all at not, the same time. But no one really most cares. People don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's that's what I mean. It's more in your own head. Oh, look for mm -hmm. like you know, as we say, we're speaking from only our experiences, um, because there's obviously way more severe situations that are different like we always say but for me uh i think it's when i'm thinking it's more about me noticing it uh and being worried that other people are seeing it than the other mm -hmm. people actually seeing it and if they did see it what they would why why would they even care because i've seen people um with ticks and i see it and other than thinking oh i bet that that person has stress like i don't i don't care <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't yeah. doesn't affect my life at all. Mm -hmm. Um, we had our our executive meeting the other day, and one of the executive members, who's a mom with a kid with Tourette's, was talking about. Well, she was talking about the um, the hope. She was she didn't say this directly, but it seemed like she was talking about the hope of the kid growing out of Tourette syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I referenced our last podcast, which was the science, the science behind yeah. Tourette's. And, you know, I think it, it was a lot of people that grow out of it. Mm -hmm. What was yeah. it? It was like 80% or something like that, at 80%. least. I thought. I thought. So I was thinking about that since we talked about that. And I don't know. I, I would, like, if you, if you compared my Tourette syndrome from when I was 13, and now I've basically grown out of it. Yeah. Okay. I haven't, but, but I've, I've like this, I, cause I wonder if that sets a false, cause there was, there's hope attached, you know, especially for a parent, there's hope attached to, oh, my kid, maybe my kid will be one, four out of one of the four out of five that grows out of Tourette's and mm -hmm. like, and, and growing out, meaning no more ticks. Well, like what in the articles that we were reading, like I know what, I get what you're what you're leaning towards is that um, you know the ticks will still be there, maybe just maybe just a little bit less severe, and so the fault the hope is kind of false hope that the ticks will just be gone completely. Well, because if you just read but, the study without context, you know what I mean. Like I I almost feel like 
most people don't. <laughs> but some of those articles, like I think one, at least one of the articles we went through, it did, it did break down like no more tick expressions. Yeah, I know. And I know. like I, I do, but like, I don't know, like we were reading, it's not just the ticks. It's a lot of it is the, uh, the depression and anxiety, which gets more severe as the ticks go away when you hit adolescence. So mm-hmm. these parents that once the ticks start to go away, they also have to be very aware that that's not the end of it. And they're, they're in, for, they might be in for, you know, a few years of mental, uh, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. that like I also have mm-hmm. to be addressed it's not just the ticks. I think that I mean you and I I don't know we kind of got the, the sh- shit under the stick I guess if we're gonna say it that way short straw like, <laughs> yeah yeah like somehow we ended up getting stuck with it but it mm-hmm. is what it is mm-hmm. I mean I hope I hope that all of the kids um also grow out of it and then they just their ticks stop like that would be ideal obviously that's not the case so um it's better and and like we saw like it's better for these kids to if they embrace it when they're younger the younger they are uh and the more likely they are to grow out of it it's the ones that yeah are it's the ones that won't accept it and let it run their life that they have to live with it longer so yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird um conundrum you know i think it's probably better to you know, manage your expectations and, and don't be too hopeful, you know, as, yeah. as weird as that sounds, because, you know, being hope doesn't, I mean, it helps, but it, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, no, it doesn't do anything practical, like for, for, for your Tourette syndrome, like what, what helps is, is doing the things that we do to manage that we yeah. talk about. Well, yeah, I think that, I think that relying on hope um, or like relying on these statistics like it is kind of a, a bit of a I don't know like a smoke screen because it, it's not just that four out of five um, children grow out of it it's as we saw it's the children that do the right things that end up growing out of it like building proper relationships and and uh, so it's like it, and just hoping it almost I think that just hoping almost sets you up for really like really resenting the condition even more when you get to that point and then it doesn't go away and now you're like point. more angry and disappointed about it then well, you I mean, would be then you would be if you could just you know do the right things when you're younger and then even if it doesn't go away you still have the, the tools to live with it like because you already mm-hmm. have been you've been mm-hmm. successful in living with it this far so what's the difference where you know and it could go away whereas if you don't address it properly um the chances of it actually getting better are just very slim, I think. Totally. Yeah. So it's a so, win-win situation. Like there, there's no, there's no way like lose, losing um, formula if you're going to just do the right things. Either way, you live with it properly on how you view or, it. Yeah. or you, it goes away. Either way, yeah. that's the right way to do it. Yeah, there's, I, yeah, I think. 100, that's perfect. Well, no, you're right, man. That's 100% it. 100 percent it because yeah being being a victim to it is is not going to help you in any facet the sooner you can get to the point where you're just it's you and that's it and it's all good and you're and you know you accept that you could potentially live with it for the rest of your life and you just start living life that's the better 
Um, I wanted to quickly review, not quickly, I guess, but I wanted to review um, a couple of things, some podcast episode highlights, and then a um, a, a joke about Tourette's that I heard on another podcast. Uh, and okay. it was like a, a, a neuro, a um, ophthalmologist yeah. on, a, on a very well-known podcast made a joke about Tourette's syndrome. And I feel that it was fine, but it was did a it, did poor... It, was it funny? Mm. No, kind of like... I mean, crickets, I mean it was just, once there, again, but... it, was, it, was, it was low quality you know um and yeah, i'm not a, i'm not opposed low to hanging making, fruit low hanging fruit i'm not opposed to making the joke it's fine like it doesn't offend me it's just like okay so now make it that's funny just like, man. that's make a little it worth bit a while that that's a little bit more of a um that's just kind of building the stigma a little more now we have to knock it yeah down. and yeah. um all right perfect so so let's jump into some of the podcast episode highlights and then i'll, I'll tell you that at the uh the end of the podcast okay so, if i don't get a laugh out of that joke though we're gonna have to just really knock it down because we yeah. specifically said you're last not gonna episode, get a lot you're not gonna get a laugh the joke. <laughs> we said last we said last episode if you're gonna make a joke it's got to be funny like if it misses yeah. the mark then it's just completely we oh, trash well, it. so i think you know well, what i think I'm we should actually start, do it now i think we should start us i think we should start a segment um in, in our in some of our episodes where we bring a joke to the table and then we uh, we either put it in a in a like a win pile or like <laughs> a junk pile. A shit pile. And, uh, and and we keep a tally on that and see how many good jokes we can actually find out there. That we I think that'd be yeah. I think that'd be funny. Would be. Let's I know the today. comedian the comedian Tom Segura. Yeah, he's I don't funny. know if you know that. He has a pretty funny joke about traps. Okay, we'll have to get I laugh. that one too. I laugh. Okay. So okay. So uh, I'll just jump into the joke now. So the, the podcast was, was the Joe Rogan podcast. And it was, um, he had a guy named Andrew Huberman on, who's an ophthalmologist, does a lot of testosterone research and, and things like that. And um, he made a, a joke about Tourette's, comparing it to, he said he has this compulsion to uh, explain scientific principles, like people with Tourette's have compulsion to swear and yell. And, and like, that's mm. how he... That's how we try to express his desire to share science. And yeah, it, in my head, I was like, that was such an uneducated thing to say for somebody who's so educated. And I, I like him a lot. I follow a lot of his research, but um, it was, it was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it was like, I mean, it, it seems like, uh, like I get, I get what he's trying to say, but um. It definitely does miss the mark and they uh he doesn't know what, he obviously doesn't know what that means mm -hmm. because just because you feel like you want to tell people about your about your sign like then that means that like like we said before like every vegan can be compared to having Tourette's because every vegan has this compulsion to tell everybody else that they're vegan right like somebody with Tourette's or crossfitter has a compulsion to swear yes but like, that's the thing there's, first of all, if we break it down a little bit, first of all, um, to like, it, it, it really, it brings that whole swearing, um, part of Tourette's to the forefront again, which is Dude. like so rare, right? Like that's someone with Tourette's does not have a compulsion to swear. So 
you've missed the mark on that one by saying that it's like Tourette's where you have a compulsion disorder. Dude, could you imagine right? if somebody made that same joke referencing a common behavior of somebody with autism or Down syndrome or any, like, I'm just thinking about this right now. Like, why? It's just not even funny. It, I, no. I'm getting a little pissed off about it now because I was thinking about it and I just had the thought in my head, like, imagine if somebody made the joke about almost any other yeah. syndrome or, or condition. Mm-hmm. Why are you, like, why? It just doesn't, it's, it's so acceptable now to just shit on it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's and, fine. And- I don't really care that much. It's just, why is it so damn acceptable? For that to happen it does it's yeah. and not yeah it, it, and it's so and and it's wrong right like it's not and that's the thing if you're gonna say you know make a joke or a comparison or something like it's got to be accurate because it's wrong and not everyone swears not everyone has a compulsion to swear like he definitely doesn't have a compulsion to share his no, science definitely like not somebody with threat <laughs> because if he did then most likely he would be diagnosed with um i imagine like he would be on the spectrum somewhere and or would be diagnosed with Tourette's. and he would be <laughs> saying it like if, a compulsion yeah if you had if you had that going on just imagine just think right now this is probably going to be more funny than the actual joke imagine a guy telling you about his science as much as i wink or like tick that would just be nonstop, nonstop, yeah. just talking about science. He would run out of <laughs> stuff to say, and or say the same stuff would not, over and over and over again. He would not have a career because he would be too busy just talking about science. He couldn't do research. He couldn't study. He couldn't teach <laughs> class. Like not his whole life would be ruined. Yeah, he would probably be in some sort of like he would have to. He would really he would have a diagnosis of something. Yeah, because that would and, be and like it's extremely just, odd it's behavior. Just, why? Why? Why do you feel the need to? I'm not even so, like. I could honestly. I. It doesn't offend me personally at all. I'm just curious now. It's like. It's just. It's just. Why a have you chosen to, to? Like you're a doctor. Yeah. You're a doctor, and you somehow forgot that Tourette syndrome isn't a joke. And yeah. I mean, I'm not over here calling to like do anything. <laughs> I don't really like fine, make a joke. Yeah, but it's no, just it's, it's just I it's important so to low it's, level. it's important to like to get it out there that it's not okay. Like it's gonna obviously still happen. We're not gonna call for this guy to get canceled or right into the Joe Rogan Absolutely podcast not. or something. No. I don't care, but it's like it's just to put into perspective how like dumb that sounds, especially to anybody who does uh yeah, it sounds dumb. Because, That's what it sounds. Because like, yeah, like, why couldn't you just say, "I really like to talk about science." <laughs> science. <laughs> right. Oh, why makes can't the you just same say point. That? Makes the same exact point. same point. Offends nobody. I feel strongly about take a sharing stab my knowledge. At a, yeah, you don't have to take a jab at a like a disability or whatever. You know, exactly. What it's it's hilarious. It's just like a a free jab. Anyway, that was uh that was that little segment that we can the i guess the inaugural segment of the uh Tourette's and the failed uh, so syndrome jokes so that's a zero that's one garbage reference and zero good yeah. ones so far yeah there's one, one for the shit pile 
Yes, and we'll mark that on the. We'll mark. I'll mark that on a, on a, document so we never lose it. We'll keep track. I'll I'll yes. bring that. I'll bring one next time. Yeah. So the first couple of episodes, one thing that we talked a lot about was our diagnoses and the stark difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the process of them, right? Of getting diagnosed. Yeah, I mean, we ended in the same result, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the stark difference between the process yeah. and also um, the commonality of our tics. And we you know one thing that we say a lot of the time is that Tourette syndrome can ba- your tics can basically be anything, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But almost everybody with Tourette syndrome that I've talked to has had some tic that's in common with me. And like, yeah, fair. You and I are a good example. Blinking, throat clearing, neck twitching, like uh, the yeah. ear, the ear thing that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, right, right. There's definitely, um, there's definitely uh, more common, I think, more common ticks, right? There are a lot of common ticks, and um, you know, if you're going through and you and you have Tourette syndrome, just know that like you're you're blinking, you're sniffling, you're throat clearing. It's not you're not a unicorn. Someone mm-hmm. has it right now. If you're yeah. sniffling and you have Tourette's, I'm probably sniffling at the exact same time because I yeah I think constant. that it's like maybe um no, you know no okay so no two people have the same set of ticks. That's fine to say. And I think that even the way that they maybe experience uh, even common tics, like the way that you experience blinking or something uh, might be different than me, you know, even where like you do, maybe when you do it, you do it really fast and I do it slower yeah. or, you know, different manifestations of the common tic. Like, like I just saw you uh, kind of like roll your eyes up, like up into yeah. your eyelids. Yeah. Um, like I don't do that. Right. I have a bunch of, eye ticks but that's not one and so like yeah. maybe you know we just uh, experience them different even if they are common oh yeah yeah but i do but, hear what you're saying you know, where yeah every, every, just, yeah like we've got them like it's it's uh there are i don't think i mean it's very rare that it's uh i mean i do hear about some some ticks uh less common ticks that i you know uh, i only know of one person that does it Oh yeah, me too. I've and, heard, and they're, I've and heard they're some. They're very intense. Some of them, like um, yeah, uh, definitely, real like intense um, coprolalia or something like that. Those are mm. probably always going to be, um, like unique, mm-hmm. because I think it's just like I like I don't know because I don't have it, but I think it's like words that you kind of get, um, set on, on or something like that. You just yeah, and it kind of like you develop a tick. A motor tick it's kind of like that where i think it just like adds into your did you ever have anything i do i yeah well um i mean not other than like whistling and throat clearing and stuff but i think right. yeah i think they consider that a verbal tick because like we said earlier in earlier episodes like you have to have uh at least um one of each mm-hmm. for over a year for it to mm-hmm. be considered uh Tourette, right. so I they do consider um, throat clearing a verbal tick. I haven't noticed at work. I don't know if I'm just getting more uh, frustrated at work sometimes, but uh, I'll, sw- I'll 
swear a little bit more than I would ever swear at work, mm. which is weird. Like just kind of under my breath, like I'll just say like, and I can't help it. I'll just say like, son of a bitch mm. over nothing. And I don't know why it comes out of nowhere. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if it's a tick or I'm just like, no, I just say it, but yeah, it's definitely yeah weird. Cause it's never, I've never done it before. I wonder if, uh, yeah, it's a tick or not. But when I was younger, I used to do, uh, I, I didn't have corporal Ilya, but I would definitely have a tendency to get stuck on. Maybe I did. I don't know. But I, I would definitely, I wouldn't yell, but I would like say shit. Like, so mm-hmm. I would even say son of a bitch, like you just said. But then the main one was like a big, loud grunt. I get, I get um, words stuck in my head a lot where mm. I, I know I'm not saying it out loud. But I'll um, like just constantly be thinking about like a word. It's so it's hard, it's hard to explain. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. Um, but like right now, for some reason, the word corporalia like it's just in my head, and I can't stop thinking about really? it in the background. No, I don't think and like kind of I'm before. picturing how my mouth says it, like and and like the feeling of saying it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if that's just how everybody experiences um words <laughs> but it's, that's that's the like that's the problem right i don't know i, I don't know what's t- what's tourette's and what's normal yeah. at this or point what's ocd yeah so kevin smith spoke a lot about his social and, and familial pressures about having threats and that's something you know another one of the things that we can touch on is how you know and I'll, i guess we could tie that in with with the parenting with aaron and jill like how your family i mean your family is going to be the first almost as as somebody with Tourette's the family is going to be the first community that you're a part of that either accepts your Tourette syndrome or frowns upon it and tries Mm -hmm. to suppress it and how your family reacts to your Tourette syndrome at the individual level with Tourette's that can completely make or break your 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 outcomes i think yeah yeah like we were talking about um even even earlier in this episode like like the more positive outcomes um as people reach adolescence it's because of uh, a lot of it probably has to do with support from their parents and family like what we heard erin talk about how she goes about it it seems like like if i had to bet you know the way that she's going about it like her daughter will probably be one of the ones that um you know don't doesn't experience it as intense as she gets older like based on based on based on the science that we've read and yeah how we know Aaron goes about it or at least it won't get in her way yeah because it because I don't think at this point I mean based on what we've read again is this is now we're talking and we get to talk a little bit more um, factual because of because we went through the science, but uh, she's over the, the the hump, according to what mm-hmm. we read, right? Isn't it ten years old where it's the worst? Ten to twelve, so she's actually in it. She's in. So it. she's in it. Okay, so yeah. she's in it, and she's dealing with it very well, mm-hmm. right? So, like, what are the based on what we read? What are the odds that it gets worse or doesn't get any better? But to me, she's going to be one of the four out of five that at least makes it down off of this um, yeah. peak, this peak and yeah. if she can handle it now at that level then she can handle it 
when it improves a little bit. 100%. And that would be a win, right? That would be a win for, I would yeah. think for her. Yep, definitely, man. The next piece, well, I guess this, you know, everything is gonna tie closely together, but we touched on the history of Tourette syndrome with Guy de la Tourette. Yeah. And then we touched on the science. So it's just a, you know, a, a reminder that we have a, we've came a long way. You know, Tourette's is a formal diagnosis. It's recognized as a disability, uh, whether that's good or bad, it's up to, to you to make that decision. But, um, you know, we have a long way to go and there are gonna be things that the individual or the family or the parents find out and realize about Tourette's that there isn't science to back it up necessarily. Like, I don't think there's science that backs up that thing that I've talked about before, which is that I can find another tick to kind of scratch the itch. And, mm -hmm. you know, and we've talked about it being more of a soft science right now because, because it is essentially, I mean, it really is because there's no, other than those basic, that very rudimentary, you know, level, that bottom of the pyramid knowledge that we have. Yeah. There's not a whole lot beyond that. They know it Sorry, comes I'm from just... one of. Keep going. I'm just, uh, I'm just looking something up real quick to talk about. No worries. We know it comes from one of basically four places out of what, 10 in the brain. And uh, we, we know that we know that there's a common age, you know, we know that it affects boys more than more than girls. And we know that a large percentage of people grow out of or at least see a significant improvement in their ticks after, you know, early adulthood. But like, you know, you could pretty much get all the science about Tourette's out there. If you just, you know, rattled it off, you could get it out there in like 30 minutes. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not like we're over here. No, with, well, like, like we did. I mean, we didn't go through all of it, but we were able to get through some articles that were, uh, I mean, unless, unless you're going right down into like, um, you know, neurology and biology, like what more is there to, to go over? Every article that we read touched, touched on the same things. And yeah. they, like they all reached the same conclusion. Like it wasn't like one of them was drastically different. They kind of complemented each other. Mm -hmm. And it's good because it kind of, you know, it shows us that the science is like, you know, proven to be, um, I don't know, like sound, but we need to learn more. <laughs> like we need more, mm -hmm. right? Because they like they have to ask the questions about uh, what what you were talking about. Like why like someone could do some research, and then they might. I didn't look through every single article, but someone could do research on that. I, what I was looking up on my phone a second ago was, I remember in university uh psychology class and i just wanted to double check because i don't know if it was sigmund freud or one of these other like found you know early adopters mm -hmm. of like psychology mm -hmm. but um it was one one person where they had this theory like if you were um sore let's say you had like a really sore shoulder like it was so painful on your shoulder they the, the idea was that if you could cause pain focus somewhere else in the body like maybe you know like in your leg stick like a it's, and I think it's maybe this is the way that acupuncture kind of works or something, but like stick a needle in your leg like and then your pain sensory like like you don't really focus on the pain on your arm anymore now you focus it on your leg so the pain in your arm goes away 
Yeah. And it's kind of like your brain can fo- like focuses on one. Well, you're, and, you can and, only feel one type of pain at, at, at a time. That's, and, that's a thing. And that, okay. And if that is a thing, like that kind of reminds me of what you were talking about where you can redirect your ticks. Like, mm-hmm. um, because I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, just this second, because we're talking about this, like when I do a tick, uh, it, I only do that tick in that moment. Like I do, maybe like I do 10 of them different in a row real quick, but it's one mm-hmm. at a time. I don't do, mm-hmm. I don't do a blink and a, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I do one at a time. Now you might've, you might've just conjured a new tick where you do them both. <laughs> oh no, that's not going to happen. But I mean, I think generally though, like when I'm thinking about it, that's, I do one at a time. So yeah, maybe that's why, time. maybe, it, maybe that's why it's easier to reassign like mm-hmm. a tick because uh, it's not that they're all going off at the same time and you can mm-hmm. uh, schedule them better or something. I don't know. It's worth, it's worth experimenting with if you have Tourette's, that's for sure. And I think it's worth uh, looking into if you're a scientist. Yeah. Like why not, why not research, why not study that? Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, if you're a scientist and you're doing your work in, in tick disorders or Tourette's or whatever, that would be a good, good avenue to go down. I'll be curious when we talk to James next week, the uh, uh, clinical psychologist who works with patients with Tourette's and tick disorders, if he has anything to say about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to him. Uh, we'll have a good conversation. It'll be very insightful. Yeah. So Tourette's syndrome management, which we've, mm-hmm. we've almost beat the dead horse on, but what can we do? to manage our Tourette's syndrome so far that we've learned? Well, um, you know, I have some things that we'll talk about in another episode that are more specific to me um, at an individual level. But I think that globally, like we could say, um, you know, nutrition, proper proper nutrition, uh, proper exercise, proper sleep. That is one thing that we'll have to have Jill on about again is because she it goes deep into nutrition and mm-hmm. uh, we could have a whole episode with her on nutrition yeah exactly on, on what like what because when we say nutrition what do you mean right what do we mean um and so yeah like uh nutrition obviously exercise um uh, sleep and then and then whatever else you can do so we we know from the studies that uh hobbies you know, like apps, like passion projects, things that can keep you um, engaged. That's important. And that also, I think, is uh, plays a part in um, stress reduction and anxiety reduction, like which all ties together. All of those mm-hmm. things, like really the point, I think, is to just reduce your stress, reduce your anxiety. We've learned that it's important, uh, especially at a young age, to get... Uh, build you know healthy relationships friendships and be as open as possible about about your threats mm-hmm. like, you know and and like that's how you can own it i mean that's what i think i've learned uh in terms of management management what yeah. about what about you did i miss anything you didn't miss anything i think it's all all the same things that you would do to be honest with you just to be a good person and, and to be a healthy human being, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, it's really nothing different. 
You don't have to do anything other, anything different. You just have I, to I guess, pay more attention to those things, you know? Yeah, I mean, in, in, I mean, yeah, like, I guess that the, um, the effects of not doing those things maybe is worse yeah, than somebody exactly. else. Like, you know, you're going to have these, um, these outcomes that, that mm -hmm. other people might not, but other people might. So it's a good proxy. Yeah. Keep you in check. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it so, actually is a good motivator. Yeah, it really is because it's. I've always said it's a. It gives me a. It's a good indicator that things are going self in my life. If uh, if my stress is getting really bad. Yeah. You know, yeah, I can tell if I'm having too much caffeine. I can tell if I'm not working out enough. I can tell if I'm anxious or uh, mm -hmm. sleepless. You know, or or stressed, yeah. uh, and I don't point. necessarily know. Um, it just makes me pay attention. That's a good point. So the public perception of Tourette syndrome, this is something we, we, we can circle back uh, or we're circling back to after, you know, talking about that podcast joke that I listened to, but uh, th that's, you know, th the last thing I wanted to touch on for this, uh, maybe we could highlight, do a highlight episode every, every time there's a, a big milestone that we hit. So 10, mm -hmm. you know, 25, 50, hundred. Sure. And, um, the public perception of Tourette syndrome needs to change. We know that. And we know, at least I think, that it starts on the individual level with Tourette syndrome. And or, you know, if your kid's too young, it's the parent. And it's up for the it's up to to us, the people that we're speaking to, to make the change. You can't expect the change to happen without some form of advocacy in your life. Mm -hmm. No one else is gonna is gonna do it for you. I mean, we try, and every we're, you know we're trying. Other people are trying, but especially in your own life, like I was saying at, at my work, like unless you do something about it, if it's bothering you at work because people are at school, if you don't take the steps to address it, it's gonna just keep on the way it is mm -hmm. because the ticks aren't going away. So you either have to adjust the environment or. <laughs> you know, or you're not going to have any other options. Beautiful. That's the way I think about it. Anyway, I do think that the perception of uh, Tourette syndrome in a, a more global way, though, is still way off, way off uh, out of line in terms of what actually goes on. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the, the comment, I get the impulsion to swear like someone with Tourette's. Well, it's like, Okay, well then, I guess realistically, you don't uh, get like really want to talk about your signs that much because it's like one percent of people that get that compulsion. So mm -hmm. you're comparing yourself to like an extremely small percentage of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just that the rubs me the wrong way. I don't get mad about it. It's just so dumb to me. Like yeah. it's so it's so uh, wrong, and that's the kind of thing because when people hear that, uh, they again like you said it just reinforces the stigma that swearing is such a big part of Tourette's mm -hmm. I think that has to be um that like even if even if it would just every bit every part of Tourette's got the same amount of attention then I would even be like more okay with it like if someone was like if he was like oh like I get depressed like 
no, I have more, I'm more anxious than some kid with Tourette's. Like, then you're like, oh, wait, at least they're talking about the anxiety aspect of Tourette's. Mm. Like, at least now people are like, what? I didn't know that Tourette's mm. made you anxious. Like, you know what I mean? At least there's some sort of like educational yeah, value to that. Use like, the same example. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's just like, oh, another, another one, another joke about Tourette's. Good job. Yeah, I think we're going to be pretty um, hard to, pretty hard to, to find a, a joke about Tourette's that doesn't involve mm-hmm. swearing or something. But I do think that uh, for our rules for the jokes that we bring to the table, if they are funny enough to make the other person laugh, yeah, even if even if they're about swearing, we can still put them in the good pile because oh, yeah. it's either yeah. it's either got to be funny, it's got to be funny or truthful, or educational in some way. Those are my mm-hmm. two criteria. The funniest jokes have some truth in them. And uh, yeah, yeah, if if the unfortunate thing is people who laugh at at the Tourette's jokes, what what the laughing is, is, well, it's two things. One, that joke that I told you about Tom Segura, he basically just talks about swearing, but it's really funny because he puts a lot of context Mm -hmm. around it. Um, So that was that one, like I would I was laughing out loud. But okay. people, you know, who think that it's funny to, to just make fun of it. Unfortunately, what that is, it's a lack of education, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's just a lack. Of, it's a, it's a lack of education. So, yeah. And then, yeah, because if you did know anything about it, you wouldn't laugh at it because you would be like, well, that's a dumb yeah. joke. That doesn't even yeah. make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> usually, I mean, good comedians, uh, obviously he was an ophthalmologist. He wasn't a comedian. He shouldn't be telling jokes anyway because ch- chances are many of them miss the mark like yeah like you know what i mean you're, when your doctor you spend that much time joke, reading literature yeah when your ophthalmologist tells you a joke like chances are yeah it's not going to be the, the greatest but yeah. um good comedians i think especially professional comedians like they are usually pretty well educated on the stuff that they're going to joke about mm-hmm. like you would you would hope that they do like the proper research mm-hmm. before they make a joke about something yeah um at least to make sure that it's accurate because accuracy when it comes to comedy is like really important. Yeah. Right. All right, man. Well, I think that's, that's a good spot to wrap up next episode. We'll talk about that Tom Segura joke that I was telling you about. And, um, okay. Uh, we can talk about your management techniques as well. And we do have an interview in, in between that. Right. right. Next, next week, next week we have the, the interview with, with Dr. James, Brazo, who is a uh, clinical psychologist, deals with thick disorders and Tourette syndrome, and uh, that will be coming out on the twenty eighth. So everybody should definitely get ready for that episode because uh, it will actually be the first time we have. Uh, I mean, I mean, Kevin's almost there, but a, <laughs> uh, a doctor yeah. that is you know able to really shed light on um, drop some some science, some some clinical practice. Uh, to discuss clinical practice which which we haven't had yet so that's going to be very exciting looking forward to it me too thanks all right talk soon another great episode of the books we hope you enjoyed the show if you enjoyed the podcast remember to share it we have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future you can head to tourette.ca or tourette.org to find your local chapter in the canada or the united states And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.